1 Timothy 2, verse number 5. Bible says, for there is one God, praise the Lord, and one mediator between God and man. That's the man, Christ Jesus. You want to talk about a mountain peak of truth. We're going to be in it tonight. This rises above all the exhortations that have been given or will be given in the book of 1 Timothy. That's Jesus Christ as the one mediator. The mediatorial work of Jesus Christ is of utmost importance. And there is, what does the text say? One God. You know what that means? It's not one God for Jews and then one God for Gentiles. It's not one God for white Americans and then one God for black Americans. Bible says there's one God and he mediates not just one God for the rich and one God for the poor. No, it's one over all. And that's important to get a hold of. Everybody, you know what that means? Everyone, every single one of us, no matter who you are, where you come from, the color of your skin, the nationality of your family descent, we are all on equal footing. And God mediates for all of us. And it's to him alone that anybody can turn to with full confidence of salvation. Praise the Lord. Man, he falls into a horrible pit. You know, he's deep in that pit. And he's got a rope that's, he's got two things. He's got a rope and a ladder. And the rope is dangling down, but it's out of his reach. He sees it. He can't reach it. He can't get to it. And then he's got a ladder. The ladder he can climb, but it's just not high enough. He can't get to the top to even grab onto the rope to get up. He's got what seems like what he needs. But he can't, he can't get out of it. The only way for him to survive and get out of that horrible pit that he's in is that he needs a mediator. He needs somebody to reach down and rescue him and play the mediatorial role. And that's all of us. You can try to climb the ladder of good works. It's not going to be good enough. You can try to swing on the rope of good deeds. It's not going to merit you anything. You're going to fall short. So that's what Christ, the mediator, does. In the beautiful, Christ reigns in the highest, yet he reaches down for us in the lowest. That's Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter your race or condition. He is worthy to be praised, and he is able. He is able to save from the guttermost and put you to the uttermost. Praise the Lord. So what's a mediator? Talked about it through example, but it's an, uh, a mediator by definition is an agent between two parties that are in a state of odds. One is at enmity with the other. One is at a disagreement with another. And the mediator, that agent between those two parties, comes in the middle of that for one purpose, reconciliation. And that's Jesus Christ as our one mediator. 
Go back to the book of Job. I asked you to get your spot there. Job chapter number nine. Watch what the Bible says in verse 33. Job 9, 33. Bible says, neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Job is at a point in his life where he's worn out and he's at his worst. And under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, he's saying these words. His life has become one misery on top of another misery. It's been an accumulation of miseries. And this is where Job's at. And he concludes that the best of men, the best of men, have absolutely no hope of being approved by God. That's what he concludes. And look at verse number. Or we'll go to chapter number 19 in the book of Job. He needs a daysman. Is what he, what he clings for. Or what he longs for. What he realizes. And in Job chapter 19. Look at verse number 25. The Bible says. For I know that my redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body. Yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job finds hope in the daysman. Praise the Lord. Look at verse number 20. It says. Uh, it says, my bone cleaveth to my skin and to my flesh. I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. When you see in verse number 26, it says, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 26, right in the beginning. And though after my skin worms destroy this body. Verse 20, my bone cleaveth to my skin. It's like he's out of it's like he's out of flesh. He's just bone. All the misery he went through in his body. It's almost as if the worms had to eat out some of his flesh so some light could get in there. But he finds the daisy. Praise the Lord. You know, think of God the ultimate judge. God, God comes into the courtroom. He's both. He's two things. If you can picture with me. The plaintiff and the defendant. As the plaintiff. He can squash anyone. Who would dare challenge his justice. As the plaintiff. He can also squash anyone who would even. Think about bringing any charge of them playing the victim. God just squashes all of it. And in God's infinite wisdom, any attempt 
for man to make a plea to God, he doesn't accept. God sees the heart of every man and he finds the flaw in any plea that man would make to God to merit his own righteousness. It doesn't matter how you plea or how I plea to him. He will find the flaw in it because we've all come short. So we're in the courtroom. Our case is helpless. We're the defendant. The plaintiff has brought these charges against us. And the plaintiff and the defendant have nothing in common. We're, we're, dis, we're a disagreement. We're at odds. We're, we're enemies. And that's a picture, my dear friend, of the two natures. The divine nature of God and then our nature, human. We're at odds. And just like Job, it's a picture of mankind. When mankind goes through enough sin, and mankind goes through enough suffering, you know what we all do by our nature? We go by our feelings. We start saying things like, you know, I just feel like, I'm going through all this suffering and I'm really feeling like. Do you do that? Because I do. Do you do that? We do. And we fail to see. That the solution for our suffering, the solution for our sin and our problems because of our sin. The solution is the mediator. That is our need. We need Christ as a mediator. And so you know what God says? It's not like he doesn't realize all this about mankind. If there was only a way. If there was only a way for the divine holy God to have a human nature. And in steps on the screen, uh, on the scene, manifest in the body of flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. 100% God, and at the same time, 100% man. Now, you have a plaintiff and a defendant. Jesus Christ. He serves as the mediator. He's the daysman. He can now understand both sides. Yes, he's God Almighty, but also he's a hundred percent in human flesh, never sinned, and, 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 and is our perfect sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the Lord as our mediator. So what should humanity crave? Not their feelings. Not their desires. We should crave a mediator, a days. Matter of fact, the Bible demands a mediator for our sin. Christ, partaker of both the heavenly and the humanly nature, 
and he can now touch both sides. He lives a human life, a human life as he offers heavenly light. That's Christ as our mediator. Turn to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. If you had a mediator that was a poor man, well, he'd show bias to the poor. If you had a mediator that was a rich man, he'd likely show favor to the rich. But what if we had a rich man and a poor and a poor man all at the same time? Now we've got ourselves something. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Look at verse number 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, praise God, yet for your sakes he became what? Poor. You've got a rich man and a poor man. He's not playing favorites. That ye through his poverty might be what? Rich. Praise God. Our mediator can touch both sides. Heavenly nature, human nature. Poor nature, rich nature. That's the mediator. The Lord Jesus Christ. Answer the desire of Job's heart, and you can answer the desire of any guilty sinner who comes. He alone is the only one that, come, that can come betwixt the sinner and God. Go to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. majesty of what God does, a beautiful thing. He's got one hand, one pierced hand. He can take, he takes hold of his throne and, and, the, and his throne and all the riches that are associated with God's heavenly throne. Then his other pierced hand of grace can reach down to the poor, wretched sinner in all the poverty of his sin. And, and that's God. One pierced hand in the heavenly, one pierced hand reaching down for us in the poverty of our sin. And that's the picture of Christ. And it's all because of his sacrificial work on the cross and his death at Calvary. And it brings them together for all eternity. The glorious riches of his throne and the poverty of mankind in the depth of his wicked sin. And Christ, no angel can do that. No earthly priest can do that, but one man can do that. Hebrews chapter number two, verse number nine says this. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, 
that he, by the grace of God, don't miss this, should taste death for every man. You want the answer to sin? You've got it right here. Jesus Christ, the one me. You've got a holy God and unholy man. You've got a good God and man that's not good. You've got a righteous God and man that is not righteous. You've got God who's a sin hater and man who loves sin. In the sign a while back, it says God is not mad. He's madly in love with you. Look, God hates sin. God loves the world, but that message, that idea of a billboard like that, that is all designed by the modern church to make you feel and not realize you need a mediator. You need a daysman. You need someone to come betwixt you as the sinner and God as the righteous God. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Do not think that God is not angry with the wicked every day. He is. He is. Look at Hebrews chapter number 8. Look at verse number 6. Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 6. Bible says, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, Hebrews 8, verse 6, by how much also he is the mediator of what? A better covenant, which was established upon better promises. See, of Christ, he's the agent between God and man according to the arrangements of the new covenant. See that? The mediator of a better covenant. Verse number six. Why is it a better covenant? It's a better covenant because it's a better priest. Why? Because there's a change in the sacrifice. Now we have a once for all sacrifice that paid. And we have a high priest that isn't ministering on earth. He's interceding and ministering in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. This is why it's better. It's a better offering. It's a better offering. It's himself on a cross as the perfect sinless one. Christ isn't a Levitical priest on earth. All those priests die. They're stuck in the grave. That's not Jesus Christ. Christ didn't stay on earth. He certainly didn't stay in the grave. He rose again and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he's in the heaven. That's why it's better. It's better. He's our medium. Ritualistic Christianity will make something of the Levitical priesthood. They'll just bring that back in one shape, one way or another. They're, they'll model that. All that's extinct. 
There isn't anything you can do to make a show or a sacrifice and offer it to God. We're not Old Testament priests making sacrifices. We have a sacrifice that was made once for all. Do you know how important that is? I mean, do, do, do you, have you thought about that ever? And meditated on it? I mean, for real. People say, well, we have an altar call. People say, well, come to the altar. You got to be careful of saying that nowadays. Because you have millions of people around the world that have been brought up and Roman Catholicism or Lutheranism or whatever ism where the altar signified a sacrifice done on the altar weekly. Do you, you realize that? Millions of people come to a Roman Catholic altar for it's a it's a mass means sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that's over and over. And over again, just like the Levitical priesthood. They're not Israel. Yet they think they are, and so do all false religions. I want you to get a hold of this. Because this is why our mediator is so much better than any priest. The inventions of man, it just kills. Kills the soul stirring revival in God's people. Inventions of religion. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, verse number 15. The Bible says, and for this cause, Hebrews 9, verse 15, he is, here's the word again, the mediator of the new testament. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And you can't have a new testament unless you have the death of the testator. And verse 16, watch what it says. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity, in other words, it's required, be the death of the test. Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews 12. Look at verse number 24. Hebrews 12, verse 24. And to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and of the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. You, you see what we just read? The blood. The new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling. That's how Jesus mediates. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You know a lot of these modern Bibles want to get rid of? 
the use of the word blood. They want to remove it. You know, a lot of the hymnals get rid of if, if the church hasn't completely gotten rid of a hymnal, they've got hymnals. You know what they take out? All the hymns about the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know if too many Christians can really get a hold of the blood. I don't know if we think about the blood as much as we should be thinking about it. He shed his blood for you. He died for you. And he serves as the mediator for all mankind if they would just trust in him. And we read over verses like it's no big deal. And churches get rid of hymnals that have blood hymns in it like it's no big deal. And the Bible gets corrected and revised and blood's taken out because it might be too offensive. As if it's not really a big deal. I'm here to tell you this evening, it's a big deal. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for all mankind. Now I'm excited about that. You can say amen. That's, 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 a, that's a green light to say amen. We've got the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sins. And that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. Let's finish where we started, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 6. Who gave himself a ransom. That's the price paid for the redemption of a captain. Alex Lake. For all. To be testified in due time. You don't have to turn to these verses, but we went through Romans chapter 3. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. First Peter 1, you don't have to turn there. Bible says you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Then it goes on to say, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I guess if you don't have farm animals or livestock or herd sheep or have lambs, it's hard to understand this. Uh, you typically you you know people slaughter their animals for food, and they tend to keep their best stock for breeding. Okay, they'll slaughter the ones that they want to eat and keep the good ones for. For breeding stock. Christ was perfect. Spotless. Sinless. I guess I can't put it into words. I can't put it into emotion. I probably gather you can't eat. He was slaughtered for you. As a sinless, spotless, perfect lamb of God. 
which taketh away the sins of the world. I'd submit to you to meditate on that over the next couple of days. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. You know, if you have a blood disease, if you need a blood transfusion, all of a sudden, there's a time in your life where you're actually thinking about good blood. Other than that, we don't think about it. We get a cut in our finger, we put some medicine on it, we put a Band-Aid over it, and then in a couple of days, our body heals itself. We don't really think about our blood until we have a blood cancer or a blood disease or now you're thinking about it every day. And whatever type of blood you are, if you need it, oh, I need that blood. That's precious to me. God shed his blood, his own precious blood. He bled out on a tree for you and for me. The Bible says who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. So our redemption in 1 Timothy 2, verse number 6, when it says he gave himself a ransom, a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Our redemption. Christ is our mediator. Christ who gave himself a ransom for all. Our redemption from all iniquity. It's in Christ. It's through Christ's precious blood. It's by the riches of Christ's grace. And it's with Christ eternally. We've got the one mediator. And he does all that for us. And without Christ, this world will just perish in their sin. That's why we bring it out to this lost and dying. But he took the place of a prisoner so that you and I as prisoners could be set free. Praise the Lord. And if a captive refuses the freedom that he's offered, he perishes. But the one that wanted to deliver him, that love is still there. The one that was held captive refuses the freedom. That's on him. And that's what a lot of people do today. You can only be set free from sin through the death of Christ. Christ became a ransom for you. People say, you know, I don't understand that. As if they understand how they're Brain understand you know nobody understands their brains or the thoughts that comes into their brains fully. You can't fully wrap your mind around the absolute glory that is found in the cross and Christ giving Himself a ransom. You, you, I don't think you can fully wrap your mind around. wrap up with this understanding the necessity of being saved as we go out for our evangelism especially this month remember to preach Christ giving himself a ransom for all and they must turn to him in repentance put their faith and trust in him and he will serve as the mediator 
one hand in the heavenly, reaching down to save, and he brings you together with an eternal relationship. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other mediator, no, no other go-between, no other daysman. It's only Christ. No priest, not a preacher, not a pope, not a minister, not a rabbi, not religion, not good works, not church membership, none of that. Good works aren't going to get you in. Bad works aren't going to keep you out. You've got to take the offer of the meeting.